As the children go out, why don't we find our scripture reading this morning? It's Luke 11, 1 through 13. In the NIV version in front of you, it's on page 1087. Luke 11, 1 through 13. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, Teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Then he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and he goes to him at midnight and says, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have nothing set before him. Then the one on the inside answers, Don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, Though he will not get up and give him the bread because he is a friend, yet because of the man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? God bless his word. Would you consider yourself to be an approachable person? Like other people can feel free, you know, to come and and share with you, maybe? Uh, Some people seem to be more approachable than others, wouldn't you say? Probably you've known some people who you felt like, even though you hadn't known them that long, you could just go and tell them whatever, and it would be good, and... Uh, and then you know other people that you're like, I would never tell them anything, ever. <laughs> uh, some people, you know, sometimes feel like maybe they're a little too approachable. And uh, one person, you know, Barbara Powell, if you know her, she told me that sometimes she feels like she's wearing a, like a target for crazy people. Uh, that, uh, you know, she told me this story about she was going to Walmart and just you know, common decency. There's a Walmart greeter there, so she said, you know, how, how are you doing today? And, you know, it's just something you ask. It's so just, every one of us might say, how are you doing today? We don't expect anything more than a, I'm fine, or eh, you know, or just a simple answer. You're getting your cart, you're going on. You've got shopping to do. No, this guy just decides she's an approachable lady and says, well, tell you the truth, I'm suffering from diarrhea today. <laughs> I've been running back and forth to the bathroom. <laughs> what do you do with that? What do you do with that? 
I wouldn't really call myself that much of an approachable person, I guess. Uh, but I find that since I've been in ministry, uh, it's, I've gotten a little bit more approachable, maybe. Uh, or people, you know, feel like they can share more things with a pastor. And, and that's good, but it's taken a little bit of getting used to for me, and that's all right. Um, as parents or as grandparents or, you know, anytime you work with kids... Uh, we, in theory, want to be approachable, don't we? We say, well, you know, I want them to be able to tell me stuff. I want them to be able to ask me stuff. Uh, for that matter, with anyone, in theory, we like the idea. As long as they're asking us things that we approve of, <laughs> right? As long as they're asking us things that, you know, can make us feel like, wow, you know, they need me or I can give some good counsel here or whatever the case may be. But there's certain topics like the one we just discussed, <laughs> you just assume people not approach with you with. Or uh, if it's your kids, you know, there's certain things that you would rather them not even be thinking about, much less asking you, right? There's things that maybe they pick up at school or where, you know, who knows, TV advertisements they see, this world's crazy. They could pick it up anywhere and they're going to bring you things and you're going to think, whew, I wish... They hadn't asked me that. What do I do with that? And really, even in the church, we're kind of that way, if we're honest. We're good with you asking about Jesus, but maybe not so good with you expressing any kind of doubts or asking the wrong kinds of questions. We are good with you talking about and asking about a Bible story. Say, David and Bathsheba. That's all right. But if you want to talk about pornography and your struggles with sexuality, not so much, right? We're a little less approachable about that topic. And so it is in our homes as well in many cases. There's things that we're not comfortable being approached about. And maybe to some degree our kids sense that. Maybe they have a sense that they won't really be heard. They might just receive a lecture or be ignored. And this maybe is normal in a culture and a society that in a world where we don't like our opinions called into question. We like people just to agree with the way we see things. But this series hasn't been about doing what's normal on earth or what's comfortable. It's been about trying to bring a little bit of heaven on earth. Jesus taught us to pray. And we just read this a moment ago in Luke. But this is from Matthew. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And this series that's especially geared towards families. And towards anyone who has relationships with children especially, has been about how can we bring to bear the influence that we have in our homes to make our families a place, a small group that reflects a little bit of heaven here on earth. That's our goal. And so we've talked about um, so just aspects of what it's like in heaven, that God is the supreme authority how do we reflect that in our homes? That God, because He loves us, disciplines us. How do we reflect that in our homes? That in His kingdom, there's complete unity. How do we reflect that in our homes? And today we want to talk about complete 
approachability. Jesus' disciples show up on this day. I don't know if they just if this was brewing for a while or what, but they said, Jesus, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray like you pray, or like you would want us to pray. Apparently, other teachers, Jewish teachers at the time, taught their disciples how to pray. John the Baptist had taught his disciples how to pray. Many of Jesus' disciples, if not most, had been at least familiar with John the Baptist, if not disciples of John the Baptist, before he pointed them to the Messiah. And they began to follow Jesus. So, they had probably been taught by John how to pray. And apparently there was something different about the way Jesus prayed that spurred them to say, teach us to pray. Maybe it was just the ease or the almost, in their culture, familiarity. The informal nature of the way Jesus talked to God as though he was just his father. And that was something new to them. In their culture, uh, you know, their scriptures didn't talk much about God as Father. People didn't pray to God as Father. If they spoke of God as a Father, it was the Father of Israel, the Father of a nation, uh, as in the source from which all things came and the source from which their people came, but not in this sense of, I'm going to look at you, God, as my Father, and I can just come to you with stuff like I would come to my dad with stuff. Uh, But Jesus used those terms, Father, and even Abba, as a child would say, like we would say Dad or Dada. Something that even a child can say from an early age. And he says, Father. Right? Teach us to pray, the first thing out of his mouth. Father, I wonder what that did to their view of God. Some of us today need to be reminded that God is our Father. That Jesus taught us to look at God that way. That we can approach God in that way. Others of us need to be reminded that the Father is still Almighty God. And deserves our worship and respect and reverence. That was not an issue they had. (laughs) Because that was all they were taught. And Jesus shifted their world when he said that. So he teaches them this, what we call the Lord's Prayer. And he walks them through these things that they should approach God about. Their daily needs, daily bread. uh, Bigger picture things like his kingdom coming. uh, Confession. Saying, here's where I've gone wrong and help me forgive others even as you forgive me. And all these kinds of things Jesus taught them to pray that you can approach God with whatever but then he felt the need to tell this story to them a parable I don't know to drive a point home maybe I want you just to try and pretend for a moment that you are a first century Palestinian man That's going to be a hard thing for some of you ladies. But just do your best. (laughs) Imagine for a moment that you're a first century Palestinian dude. Alright? And you have been working all day. And you came home. Your wife's been working all day. You know, in those days, if you wanted to eat, you didn't just 
stop by McDonald's on the way home, right? You didn't stop by and pick something up. You didn't say, well, I'm tired tonight. I'm just going to get out a TV dinner or whatever, some kind of microwave thing. Uh, just heat me up a burrito. No, <laughs> you didn't say that back then. You had to make food. So, you know, one of the jobs that oftentimes women would do was to bake bread. This would mean possibly grinding up flour, preparing it. It would mean, you know, mixing with yeast and oil and water and, and then heating a handmade oven with wood until it got to the right temperature and then putting your bread in there. This is quite a process. You know, we think it's bad when we have to break out the, the mixer, <laughs> right? <laughs> you have to get out the old KitchenAid and then, oof, this is a lot of work. So probably they didn't just do this every day, right? You'd have baking day, you'd have laundry day because they didn't have just a laundry machine they could just throw it in. So probably bakery day, right? Baking day. And so you go through this whole, you bake a whole bunch of loaves and then those loaves need to last the week. Well, you come home, fresh baked bread. Mmm, smells good. You sit down at the table with your family and you are blessed. You have seven children. Uh, let's say four sons, three daughters. You are blessed, my friend. And that day, the more kids, the more blessed, right? And especially sons who would grow up and work and make an income and support their family. Or if their father died, they'd support their widowed mother and so forth. So you are a blessed family. And, and uh, you share this meal together. And then maybe you share some songs together. Uh, you know, you say a prayer and you thank God for being your provider. Yahweh, who looks after you. And your family, and then it's time to turn in because it's going to get dark, and all you got is candles, and you don't want to use up all your candles. So, by candlelight, perhaps you move your, get one of your sons to help you move the table out of the way because you just got one room. And you, other kids, get out the mats, lay them out on the floor, get everybody tucked in, blow out the candlelight, and uh, you know, finally, the baby stops crying and everybody can drift off to sleep <sighs> hey is that a knock at the door what in the world what time is it hey it's Bartholomew your neighbor um, I know it's late but uh, had some guests come in from out of town kind of unexpected and tomorrow was baking day so the wife doesn't have any bread left uh, just needs some <sighs> you're kidding go away <laughs> <sighs> what is the deal this is not funny <laughs> so help me Bartholomew if you wake up this baby <laughs> Uh, no, you got to help me. you got to help me. I'll be the laughing stock of the whole community if I don't provide for, you know, in that day that was the custom. You had to show hospitality when someone came to town. It was a big deal. Say, come back tomorrow. I'll give you all the bread you need. 
Just come back. To, just leave me alone. <laughs> come back tomorrow. Anyone else grumpy when you wake up in the middle of the night? Pretty much any time I wake up morning. <laughs> Knocks again. Wow, the baby starts crying. You've got to be kidding. So you get up. Because at that point, really. <laughs> you get up and you trip and stumble over the bodies on the floor that are trying to sleep. You get the bread. You trip and stumble back over everyone. Move your teenager's lanky feet out of the way of the door. Open the door. Hand the bread over. Good night. (laughs) Shut the door back. By this time, everyone in the family is awake. You climb back in bed. The baby doesn't want to go to sleep. A couple hours later, maybe you're back. Who knows? What a night. What a night. But in your heart, you know that if you were in Bart's shoes, (laughs) you'd have done the same thing. Jesus tells this story that they would have identified with on some level. And why? why? Why would he tell this story? He had just taught them the Lord's Prayer. And now he tells them this story. What was Jesus' point with this? Was he trying to share to them that, uh, you know, look, God's kind of sleepy. And if you really want to get through to him, you're going to have to knock loud and long. And if you're lucky, then he'll get up and give you some bread. (laughs) I I don't think so. Um, You know, when Jesus tells stories, he doesn't always, doesn't even usually mean for us to break it down that detailed. He's trying to get a point across. And what point was he trying to get across? We can kind of get a glimpse of it by what he says afterwards. He says, I tell you, even though he'll not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. Then he says, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. Main point that Jesus seems to be trying to get across has something to do with approaching God with anything and everything and any time and any place. Bring it to God. Bring it boldly. Bring it audaciously. That's what God wants. He's not the grumpy guy laying in there. That was just to get the point across. Jesus had just taught them what to pray for. Now he's telling them how to do it. And they have to begin by realizing and changing their view of God that God is someone who wants them to ask, wants them to seek, wants them to knock. And the door will be open to you. You might have to be persistent. He may want you to be persistent. But God is completely approachable. 
Why aren't we? Why aren't we in our homes and why aren't we in our churches? When did we decide that there was some things that are just off limits that people shouldn't ask, that our young people shouldn't ask? Why is it that when kids go off to college and a professor says something that blows their mind and calls into question everything that they had ever believed about the Bible or about God or whatever that they don't even think about coming and asking their pastor coming and asking their parent coming and asking their teacher at church or whoever it might be someone, anyone for an alternative view, for an explanation. Why is it that our world teaches an entire different set of values than what God's Word teaches? Teaches a very different way from the Jesus way. And when our kids encounter it, they don't feel like they can talk to us about it. Is that because they think that we would shame them? Is it because they think that they would get a lecture instead of being listened to? Or is it because maybe on some level they're afraid we won't have the answer? A lot of us, we're afraid that we won't have the answer. And maybe they can sense that in some way from us. But surely, if our God is as approachable as He seems to say that He is, and as scripture seems to show us that he is with people who can come to him with anything with their struggles, with their doubts, with their questions if anyone from any walk of life can approach him then why aren't we more approachable in our churches and in our homes why are people more likely to ask Google than to ask us or to ask God. I want to suggest to you today that if we refuse to listen, what we're really doing is requesting people to leave. If we choose not to be approachable in the way God, if God said, don't knock on my door, He's asking you to leave. But when God says, please knock on my door, Please seek. Please ask. He's saying, come and stay with me a while. Let's talk about it. I'm all ears. A refusal to listen is a request to leave. So what can we do in our homes, even in our churches, to make a shift in this, to where heaven is reflected a little bit more on earth in this regard. If God is completely approachable, what can we do to make this and see this happen in our homes? One thing, perhaps, is we can model it. We can approach God with anything. And we can let our kids and others see this. Right? We can come to God in prayer. We can spend time with God. 
We can pray about more things than thank you for our food, amen. Even at the dinner table. Don't get too long-winded or everyone's going to, you know, stomach's growling, it'll get distracting. But find time, maybe another time, maybe after lunch, supper, you need to sit down and have family prayer about things that you don't understand. Something evil happens in Las Vegas. Take your family to prayer. Go to God with the things that are crazy and difficult. The things, the questions that you have. I remember as a kid, I don't even remember what, I don't know, I don't think he ever told me what it was about, but I remember my dad fasting. One particular occasion stands out to me, and I don't know what he was fasting about, but it stood out to me that there was something that my dad cared enough about that he wanted to fast and pray about it. Let your kids see that, that you can approach God with anything, that you can approach God boldly. So model it in front of your kids. But also, provide it. Be approachable. So they can learn what that's like. Be approachable yourself. I don't know what your hang-ups are in particular. I know, for me, I can be kind of defensive of my opinions. Anyone else like that? I can be a little bit quick to spout out answers before I've finished listening. I don't know if anyone else is like that. <laughs> I can be kind of stubborn and I can make sure, you know, I've got to make sure that my point is understood and heard. <laughs> I'm not so careful to make sure that I understood and heard their point. So maybe there's some things that we need to take inventory about in our lives and make sure that we are being approachable especially to our children and kids and from what I've read and learned and heard that starts at an early age and where a lot of parents lose their kids as they come home with mundane details of their childhood life that don't seem like a big deal to mom or dad and so we kind of ignore or we get stuck on our phone or whatever the case may be right and they learn at that early age that we don't really want to hear what they have to talk about. Something that was hugely important to them seemed stupid to us. So we tuned them out. And then when they're teenagers and there's something hugely important to them, they go somewhere else. Right? Does that make sense? So at an early age, we can start by just listening, caring, asking questions. That's a huge one. Ask questions. And want answers. Genuinely ask questions. Not the kinds of questions that most parents are known for asking. Right? The sort of leading questions. The gotcha questions. The, aha, uh-huh, we're going to get to the bottom of this kind of questions. Or the nagging questions. Uh, just real questions. Like when they're older... Well, even when they're younger, for that matter. Did you see that advertisement? What do you think they were trying to tell you? Do you think that's good or bad? Wise? Just questions about stuff that comes up, right? Uh, You know, when they're older, maybe, hey, 
what do you think about all this racism stuff? It's a hot topic right now. Do they talk about it much at school? Do you have any friends that fall in this LGBT category thing? What do you think about all that? Do you know anyone like that? Do you, have you met any atheists? Have they shared with you any of their thoughts? What do you think about that? How many of your friends at school and your peers do you think are already being sexually active? Do you think that's why? Or not? Why? Ask questions, right? In a way that shows you genuinely care about their opinion and want to hear it. That you want to have a conversation. That you're not just trying to get them or get them on the same page with you or whatever. We've got to be approachable. God's approachable to us. Why don't we act the same way towards others? I want to challenge you in this area to try and do your best to model this in front of your family and to provide it especially to the kids in your life whether those are grandkids or uh, maybe you teach school or who knows what when Jesus died we're told that there was this veil, this curtain that separated the Holy of Holies from the rest of the temple that closed off God's presence that it couldn't be approached by just anyone that you could talk to a high priest and maybe he could approach God for you we're told that when Jesus died it ripped in half from top to bottom Jesus had actually been prophesying against the temple for quite some time. That's part of what got him in trouble. In fact, at his, uh, at his trial, such as it was, they kept bringing in people, witnesses, to try and catch him in something that they could accuse him of. And one of the things that they kept trying to get right was the things he had said about the temple. And they kept getting it a little bit crooked. And none of their stories would quite line up. But he had he had spoken against it. He had said things like, I'm going to tear this thing down and rebuild it. Kings were the ones who built temples. And here was the king of kings. And priests were the ones who served in temples. And here was the high priest of all high priests who through his death on the cross made it possible for anyone who calls on his name to have access to be able to approach their father in heaven with anything. And the amazing thing is we're told that Jesus himself sits at the right hand of God interceding on our behalf. We have someone there who's been through our struggles. Who knows what it feels like to be tempted. Who knows what it feels like to have grief. To have doubts even. Who knows what it feels like to have to wrestle with God over something that He didn't want. 
close today, I want to offer you a couple of promises. One, I want to promise that we're going to do everything we can to become a more approachable church. And that starts with me, but it goes beyond me. I think circles are a good first step, or a good step uh, towards that. That the more people we can get plugged into smaller groups like that, you know, hopefully we can make those places a safer place for people to come and bring their questions with friends without worrying about being thrown under the bus. So if you're in a circle, and most of you are, uh, those, it's amazing. We've been averaging over 90% participation in our circles ministries, and that's awesome. Um, so that, we're, we're excited about that. So if you're in one of those circles, do your part. You know, approach the group with something that you're struggling with. Encourage others to do the same. I'm going to start making myself available as often as I can. Uh, right after services, circles start at 11.15. I plan to be down front here at 11.15, just in case anyone has a question or a doubt. It can be about the sermon, but it doesn't have to be about the sermon. Maybe you just, something about the Bible that doesn't make sense to you, or whatever the case may be. I want to be available for your questions, and so I'm just going to be there. If no one ever shows up, I'll assume you have all the answers, and that's all right. If you've got something more private or some kind of you know, constructive criticism or whatever, we can meet uh, privately sometime in my office or whatever. But, uh, but this time I just want to be available for any kind of questions or doubts or things you're struggling with or trying to make sense of. Not that I'll have all the answers, but I can help you find them. We also are, we interviewed this past week a youth candidate for our youth ministry. Uh, we have a vacancy at youth leader and we're really excited about a guy named Brett Rogers. We're hoping to host him Wednesday night this week to meet our youth. And Sunday morning his family will hopefully make, be able to come and, and be a part of our Sunday morning. And again, meet our youth, meet parents and so forth. So we're excited about that. And one of the things I'm excited about is that he is passionate about this very topic. And recognizes that so many of our students have questions that they don't feel like they can come and ask the church about. And they get to college and even more questions come up. And he is passionate about helping kids navigate those things. The hard questions. And so we're excited about Brett and pray with us about that. That the right thing will work out. The second promise besides being a more approachable church. Is I want to promise you that God is approachable. And maybe there's something that you haven't been approaching God with that you should be approaching God with. Ask. Seek. Knock. Be persistent. Come to Him with anything, with everything. He says He wants you to. He says he'll give you his Holy Spirit, his presence. So don't miss an opportunity today, not only to commit yourself to being a more more approachable adult to any kids in your life, but commit yourself today to approaching God. Are you struggling with doubts? Tell Jesus. Are you struggling with temptation and sin? Tell Jesus. 
Are you struggling with grief or sadness or depression or anger? Tell Jesus. I don't know what you need to approach God with today, but I ask that you take this next few moments as uh, some ladies come and sing with us an old song, I Must Tell Jesus. Take the opportunity and tell Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, thank you that we can freely come and approach you as our Father with confidence because of your Son, Jesus. Sometimes we struggle to approach you, approach you as we should, and sometimes we struggle to be as approachable as we should be in your name. So we ask that your Holy Spirit would come and grant us each the confidence and boldness to approach your throne with anything we're dealing with and to invite others to approach us. Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.